Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Catch Program podcast. My name is Olivia. I'm here with my colleague, Nina. Um, Hi, everyone. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, it's been a while for us. Uh, we've gone, uh, gone through a lot of topics. Uh, a lot has been going on, especially with the Catch Program and uh, universally. Uh, Yamina and I have actually recently, or not recently, have gotten our vaccines. That was probably the last uh, episode we talked about, especially with our guest speaker. And we have a lot of upcoming episodes that we're gonna share with you, some exciting new guests and exciting new topics. Um, today, we are gonna go a little uh, heavier side uh, topic that, you know, we, it tends to be brought up, especially in uh, media outlets. And we talk about this a lot, but no one really understands it. We're gonna talk about human trafficking today. Um, if you are new here, welcome. Uh, like I said before, my name is Olivia. I'm with my colleague, Gimina. We are both health educators for the CATCH program, uh, which means Community Action to Combat HIV and Hepatitis C. So what we do, uh, we have group sessions, uh, confidential and um, groups, obviously, um, in any topics relating to sexual health, uh, mental health, tobacco cessation, and for the past year, we've been talking a lot about COVID and other infectious diseases. Uh, we also do tests for HIV and hepatitis C. I know it's still a weird time right now that um, we can't be in person. So we still offer social distance testing, testing as well as um, remote testing, which we have promoted uh, previously in other episodes, but just to briefly talk about it. Um, what you do is if you are interested in remote testing for HIV, you could um, call us at any of our, on our phone, uh, email us, reach out to us on any of our social media uh, platforms, and uh, we will fill out a demographic, send you a kit, and there you will get tested at home. So there is no contact with anyone. Um, but if you're interested in that, please let us know. And again, today we are going to talk about human trafficking, and I'm going to bring it over to you now. Start. Hi everyone. Thank you for that, Olivia, um, and giving all the information that we have in regards to the program. Um, this is, and this can be a difficult topic, um, especially now there is a noticeable high rise in regards to human trafficking um, on social media. If you have social media platforms, there are um, always things popping up and things um, in regards to things of what sh people should be aware of when shopping, when they have um, kids in the park, teenagers walking home alone, things of that nature. So this is a good topic to talk about in regards to safety. And hopefully we can talk more on the topic of um, sexual health in regards to human trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, towards the end of this podcast. So what is, uh, what is human trafficking? Human trafficking has often been described as modern day slavery. It's a modern day form of slavery. And it is defined as the recruiting, harboring, and the controlling of a person for the purpose of exploitation. And we hear of human trafficking, when we hear of human trafficking, we hear about it in 
happening in other countries and underserved um, populations across um, the globe, but it also happens here. So here are some statistics in regards to um, human trafficking globally. The United Nations Office of Drug and Crimes um, to, in 2009 states the most common form of human trafficking is sexual exploitation. Around 79% of individuals um, who are victims of human trafficking. Victims of sexual exploitation are predominantly women and girls but it also can happen to young boys and adult men. The second most common form of human trafficking is forced labor, which is around 18%. This may be um, individuals who are exploited to do servitude in the home, such as um, maintaining a household without getting paid for it. And Human trafficking is a human rights violation and it's a serious crime. So the act of human trafficking for an individual who's a trafficker, they would usually recruit, transport, transfer, harbor, receive, give and receive benefits that can lead by means of violence, threat of violence, coercion, abduction, fraud, deception, and abuse of power. So an individual can be manipulated, lied to in a way of um, coercion or even forced um, violence to conduct on behalf of the trafficker, sexual favors for pay, forced labor, again, uh, forced labor or services, for slavery, servitude, and also organ removal. We're gonna get into the organ removal a little and a little bit. So sexual exploitation is a trafficked person who are forced into prostitution, forced to perform sexual acts such, such as exotic dancing, massages, and forced to participate in the production of pornography. I have, a, yes. I have a question. I'm only, because um, I know a lot of people do have this question, so I'm gonna ask it. What is the difference between a sex worker, which is someone we've talked about, um, and someone who is in, human trafficking because I know a lot of people tend to kind of merge them together obviously because of a lot of sex trafficking but I wanted mm -hmm. to know like what really is the difference between the two so human trafficking it's it's not it's not the individual who consents so the individual who's forced into human trafficking has no say in their own being, in their own body and what they do. They're forced to do it. In sex work, an individual has a say in who, what, where, and when. Mm -hmm. And they get paid for it and this their consent. Right. I think that's what a lot of people kind of get 
tripped up on with a lot of this because Mm -hmm. yes sex work is consensual like you are able to do what you want you have your own autonomy of uh of your body um Mm -hmm. whereas with sex uh trafficking human trafficking you know right you said there's no consent in it so a lot of I noticed a lot of people get tripped up on that which is a little scary to know yeah it definitely comes to two. Or um, sex workers. Um, well, I think the confusion where it lies, and we're going to get into the, the type of risk and, and how an individual can be um, trafficked for sexual exploitation or forced labor in certain um, environments, in certain environments. So Let's say, for instance, just an example, because we're going to get into it, um, an individual who works at a um, strip club, um, that is somewhat, unless they consent to sexual work, they perform sexual, they perform exotic dancing, but they consent to it. But in that environment, women who work in that environment who are also who consider themselves to be sex workers can be um, taken. They can be taken from those environments and forced into sexual exploitation okay. for the gains of the person who's taken them. Whereas the sex worker who works at a at a um, strip club is doing it for their own purpose. Okay. So it might that that might be where the confusion comes from. Yes in yeah. the location yeah I could definitely I could definitely see that confusion as well because like there at some points uh sex workers do work with people who are human trafficked right correct yes yeah so yeah. that's probably why yeah. a lot of people do tend to merge this between the two mm-hmm. yes um individuals may who were um victims of human trafficking may feel that they're, like you said, their autonomy, they feel like they, that's something that they can, um, I guess, how would you describe it? Um, relate to in sense of sex work, if they wanted to continue working um, in places like that and have been victims to human trafficking. So they relate in some way um, of, receiving money from doing services that they have the autonomy and the choice to do it. So that brings us to forced labor. So forced labor is is kind of is in a way it's kind of different because in regards to um people who are forced um to work but in a home environment so forced labor is any work or services which people are forced to do against their will under the under the threat of some form of punishment. Forced labor is found in industries such as um, agricultural, fishing, domestic work, construction, mining, manufacturing, also prostitution, and illegal activities often related to the drug industry. Um, one example of forced labor can be um, individuals who are undocumented 
and they're undocumented in the United States and they're working. They're working as um, maids. And at one point they can be coerced or forced to work with no pay. And then the threat to them would be a person who they are being forced to work for um, tells them that they're going to have, they're going to get ICE involved and have them um, forced out the country. And that, that may be, uh, that's a way of coercion for the person to continue to work because they came to this country in the means of getting better opportunities, but then they find themselves in a situation where they're being coerced to work with no pay. This one, it's kind of scary in a sense of um, individuals have died and can die is the coerced organ removal. People are trafficked to sell parts of their body. And in some cases, there are places that they have recovered bodies um, without organs, you know, globally and even in the United States. I recently seen a news clip of a place in Arizona where they found body parts, um, organs of individuals. So that's something that that does happen, but we don't hear a lot of we don't hear a lot about. So coercion, um, coerced organ removal. There's a high demand for organs on the black market around the world. Coerced organ removal is often conducted in clandestine clinics with little or no attention to the person's post-operative care and little payment to the person. It is important to remember that no one can legally consent to being exploited. For example, someone agrees to move to Canada because they have been promised employment and a legitimate job. Instead, they are coerced through fear and threats of violence into forced labor. And the fact that the individual may have consented to work in Canada cannot be used as a way to justify their working conditions as described above. So this happens a lot um, throughout the globe. And I think that's something that people don't realize that it's even in the United States. Like it happens everywhere. And I feel like a lot of people just think that, oh, it's in a third world country or it's like a taken situation. Uh, by taken, I mean uh, the movie with Liam Neeson. Like, oh, it's just in Europe. But no, it's, it's here too. Very much in the cities that we live, we live in and walk in. Um, it's not just a, a third world or, you know, a foreign concept. And I think we really think that was more brought to light, especially with uh, the Epstein allegations and with the whole thing that it's yes. in the country, it's in, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's, in, yes, definitely everywhere in different socioeconomics. You do not need to be poor um, to be trafficked. trafficked. Right. You don't need to be an immigrant um, to be trafficked. And there are instances where individuals are just taken off the street. Right. Um, and when I was doing some of the research, you know what actually surprised me, but I don't know why it surprised me because I feel like it always ends up happening that way is that 
one of the myths is that, yeah, you could be taken off the streets, someone you don't know. But a lot of the times it's someone you do know. It's a romantic partner. Um, it's, yeah, and a lot of that, or a family member. And I, I, okay. I don't know why I was surprised when I saw that, because I feel like sometimes with a lot of the situations, that, that's how it ends up happening. It's always it's someone you know. Um, so I yes. thought that was, and they, you can't even, these survivors can't even get away from it these uh, people who are in uh, human trafficking because it's family or it's a spouse um, or it's a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner. Yeah. yeah. And in certain environments, um, it can be um, like for sex, uh, for sex workers, um, they also need to be aware in regards to human trafficking because it can be um, someone that they know that they are close to in regards to um, sexual work, individuals individuals who engage in um, prostitution, it's not a correct term, but in who engage in prostitution may have a pimp or someone that they work with or someone that controls where and who and how they work. And that can be a form of um, human trafficking. And they can also be sold in that way right okay it's interesting because I always wanted you always hear about like the term pimp and I it, that's I think also another one of the reasons why people kind of see a merge of the sex trafficking and sex workers right because I feel like um there are still people who are what they call pimps quotation marks mm -hmm. in yeah you know consensual sex workers so yeah interesting that's another that is so true. Yeah. So here's, here's some data. So according to the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, New York is the fourth highest state for reported cases of sexual exploitation and labor trafficking. The fourth? The fourth. Yes. The fourth. And it's, um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's the fourth. Um, I believe California is the first. Okay. Yes. What What would be interesting? That is interesting. For some reason, I thought Nevada would be up there. I don't know why, especially with Las, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also, um, for some reason, I would think Georgia and Louisiana also, I feel like, might be up there as well because of New Orleans and Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta is a very big hot spot. I think um, but that makes sense for New York. Uh, not yeah. saying it makes sense. I'm just saying, especially yeah. with how populated it is. Well, I believe if, if California is the first, yeah, it's, it has to do with the population size. Mm -hmm. um, New York is still fourth and the destination. You know, the California, um, New York, Miami, those three yeah. places are like the most extreme populated and tourist attraction type of place. Mm -hmm. So those, I believe, um, would be on the top of the list. Right. Okay. That makes sense. It happens. Every, it can even happen in a quiet town. Right. A quiet suburban town. It can happen there also. So in... Um, for New York State, 
2007 to 2019, so it's ongoing, um, there has been programs established to combat um, human trafficking. And there has been $2.4 million allocated to these programs in New York State alone. From 2007 into to, um, 2019, there has been around 1,500 288 confirmed victims alone in 2019. So these are just some numbers and statistics to show that it is happening. It has been happening for a while. Um, there are programs available. I'm gonna get into some of the programs uh, and provide some phone numbers in a few. So we know that um, sex trafficking is a devastation. Local um, is locally prevalent, and under and, and it's an under addressed problem, specifically in New York City. Globally, human trafficking is an estimated one hundred and fifty billion dollar industry. So people make money off of. Um, sexual exploitation of other individuals. 98% of sex trafficking victims worldwide are female. So females are um, prevalent in regards to human trafficking, but it does not mean it does not happen to um, young boys and adult males. So there's an estimated 403,000 people who are being trafficked in the United States alone. Yes, and New York City, as we mentioned, um, is, is the fourth um, on the list and is a gateway. It's a gateway and one of the largest destinations for trafficked women in the country. So New York, because it's um, one of the largest destinations, of tourists and people coming in and out travel travel wise. I think that's what makes it up there because we have connections to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Vermont. So um, I think that's what makes it um, one of the, the, the largest destinations. Yeah. So right now, um, in every borough, women are forced into prostitution happening right now, as we speak, even during the pandemic. So here's an example. How does sex trafficking happen? Traffickers lure women through deceptive job ads or false promises and exploit vulnerabilities, such as immigration status, as I mentioned, debt, education, language, or children, to force, to force women into commercial sex work. Where does it occur? Where can sex trafficking occur? So sex trafficking can occur in illicit massages, um, massage parlors, hotels and hospitalities, residential brothels, 
escort services, personal sexual servitude, bars, strip clubs, and cantinas. Those are some of the locations that um, are really the hot spot for human trafficking. So some of the ways that we can get involved in regards to individuals who are victims of human trafficking is to pro promote safety, promote awareness, promote um, the risk assessments in regards to how it can happen, where it can happen, and really um, address the fact that it can happen to anyone. Right. Yeah, that's the big one is that it can ha happen to anyone. Um, I saw I saw something recently about it, about how um, there's always like a girl's trip, right? Oh, girls always go away. Maybe they go to Miami, mm -hmm. they go New Orleans. Um, I saw this post was like, I will block any man coming from my friend uh, during these trips because I am not someone, I have no story to tell their parents why they didn't come home from vacation. Yeah. And I was like, that kind of hit me very much because that's so true. You could just be on a simple vacation in like two states over from you um, and it could happen and you don't go home. Yes. Um, and people don't really see it like that, but that's just a very sim simple situation or, you know, someone who finds a job offer and you don't really realize, the sh I guess, the shadiness of it because it, you know, is very professionally brought mm -hmm. to you and you see it and then now you're in a town, towns over from you working 16 hours a day um, mm -hmm. in sex work or even other uh, hum uh, labor. So it, it's very interesting because it can happen to anyone. Yeah, it happens. I think that's One what, way... Another farm, so they talk about personal ads. So individuals, young individuals, young female individuals who are looking for employment, looking to start their career, and they mm -hmm. come across um, um, an ad on the internet where they can become models. And that's a way, right. how, uh, in the past, how they lured a, um, a lot of women. They lured women with the promise of making them a the next American, next, you know, America's next top model. They want, they want you to come in and take pictures that they're professional, professional photographers. And then they promise you, you know, promise you that you're going to be the next model. And then when you get there, they'll take pictures, they'll ask more from you. And then at that point, they can um, kidnap you. Right. And very it happens. Yeah, it happens. I even heard um, a story that it did happen to a young girl, um, like in her early teens, her early teens. Wow. Yeah, like you don't, that's such a simple, easy thing. Cause uh, you know, especially with um, the rise of Instagram models and influencers, you know, it's very easy to be a model mm -hmm. if someone reaches out to you. Um, so yeah, like, that's definitely like a very easy trap, unfortunately, to get into, um, especially if you're very pretty and if you're 14, 17 years old at the time, someone asks you, yeah, you could be a model. That's, mm -hmm. that's a big hit to your, a big, uh, boost to your ego, you know? So of course, some people are going to take that chance. Um, and unfortunately you really have to be careful with that situation. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's very easy to get 
into this and I we can't stress it enough how it could happen to anyone it doesn't matter if you're you know someone who comes from you know uh, the lower lower in the class system compared to someone who's you know part of the one percent it could happen to anyone that's something very stressful but it does target specific communities more often than uh than not so that's something we shall say but it it can happen to anyone I think that um, too, with the prevalence of human trafficking, um, the reason um, why a lot of programs were established because there are survivors from human trafficking who told their stories, who told what they've been through. And because of the uh, prevalence, they have started programs. So we, we know that when an individual has trafficking, there's going to be trauma. There's going to be um, services that they're going to need. They might even in certain instances where law enforcement has to get involved in regards to providing services. Because a lot of um, the survivors ends up being known in situations where um, it might have to do with drugs or um, places of prostitution that are illegal that the law enforcement gets involved. And then that's where the law enforcement um, will realize that these individuals were forced into this. Uh, There's programs that provide services in regards to um, survivors of human trafficking. So we we have to provide information that because you're that in your in that instance doesn't mean that you're going to um, go to jail. You are um, a survivor of human trafficking, and there are resources out there for individuals who have, say, been in human trafficking for several years and the, and don't have contact with their family, and they're com- right. they come out of the situation where they don't have any resources, no, nowhere to go. No, no funding, no money. So there are places, there are community resources that provide housing and shelter, that provide money and provide also healthcare because healthcare is something that um, survivors are going to need because of this traumatic experience, especially with mental health and sexual health. Right. So that's something that you definitely, Olivia, can talk more about in regards to the sexual health aspect, even more on the mental health aspect. Right. And you, you cleared up. This is, uh, I don't think people realize the toll that it is on these individuals, the PTSD, you know, the depression that is going through them. Um, you know, they have no control over their own bodies. And that does take a lot out of people, you know. And, you know, I, I noticed that a lot of people, a lot of them are very stressed. I noticed from a lot of the cases that I read into, a lot of them were stressed, especially young women, to the point where they weren't getting menstrual cycles for like years. And that does mm-hmm. definitely take a toll on your body, as well as a lot of these individuals weren't using, they don't use condoms. They're, sometimes uh, customers were given the option to use it, and nine times out of 10, they wouldn't use them. So these especially like these young individuals are getting exposed to all these sexually transmitted infections. They're getting exposed, like higher at risk for a pregnancy. Um, 
all unwrapped up because they're not being fully, you know, taking preventative measures that these people won't let them have um, these preventive me measures. And a lot of that, you know, they're not getting treated if they do get a, a STI or if, uh, if they do get become pregnant, uh, if they're um, someone with a uterus, they, whatever the trafficker's doctor would take them, they would take pay, maybe medication to induce abortion or they would go through surgeries um, or go to an, uh, some type of abortion clinic. Um, but it does, that takes a physical toll. Um, a lot of these, they're not being treated for the STIs that they're progressively, you know, coming to a lot worse cases where some of these people are, um, you know, are infertile or, you know, they have certain cancers revolving around these STIs that they got and were left untreated. So there's a lot of that going on. So a lot of, you know, if they are uh, survivors, a lot of them do need this um, healthcare, you know, they need the healthcare option because they need to at least fix some of the problems that happened when they were going through this traumatic experience. I did, um, was reading a case as well, especially for someone who's 14, 17 years old, that um, people didn't know that they were being sex trafficked until they were in the hospital with some like flu-like no. symptoms and to the, or, you know, progressively pneumonia. And it turns out that they tested positive for HIV and it, their CD4 count was so low, it was actually an AIDS diagnosis and they were about 16 at the time. So, you know, it was gone on completely undiagnosed for such a long period of time. Um, and that's what we're saying. It's very unfortunate because they're so young, a lot of these individuals who, who this is happening to. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying that there's- I think we have to realize, I'm sorry to interrupt. I think we have no, to realize no. too, in those instances where people are being human, uh, you know, trafficked and they're being housed and they're being forced to work, they don't, they don't get the, the basic luxury because they're, they're supposed to be hidden. So they're right. supposed to be out of the view of the regular population. So they don't go to doctor's appointments. They don't go outside unless maybe they, they have um, gained confidence on their captors um, as far as going to the store alone, but to go to the hospital and things of that nature, they don't get none of that. So they, will, they can go years without um, getting any type of care. Right. And... Mm -hmm. You know, and also one thing I wanted to say too, because um, especially when you're younger, right? You know, our brains, you know, develop as we get older, right? For certain experiences. For people who are, you know, in the sex industry who are being human trafficked, your brain is not mentally developing properly um, for a lot of things. You're not, so that's also another huge uh, disadvantage as well, which I didn't even realize until I started reading these cases, a lot of them have like mental, they're stunted at a certain age um, because they weren't given the opportunity to fully develop. Um, I did know something else what I noticed is a lot of them have, but besides sexual, like a lot of it was infertility, like we said, pregnancy, um, a lot of STIs, pelvic pain, rectal trauma and urinary difficulties. Um, another one, I want to say any type of uh, mutilation or infections caused by some of the medical procedures that they had, um, chronic back pain, hearing, cardiovascular, respiratory problems from all the, you know, the toll of the long days that they have had, um, especially with people, not even just 
people who are being sex trafficked, but, you know, labor wise, um, you know, a lot of them have weak eyes or other problems uh, from the dim lighting, sometimes malnourishment and serious dental problems. And interesting enough, we don't talk about how dental care as much because your mm-hmm. the proper t- uh, care for your uh, for your teeth actually affects a lot of other systems in your body, particularly your heart. So a lot of people do tend to forget them. That's the first thing that they don't go to, especially just throwing that there, especially now with COVID, a lot of people didn't go to the dentist, but it does take effect on the rest of your body. Um, But that's definitely something that people, a lot of, a lot of people uh, suffer from. And, you know, like I mentioned before, they do a lot of growth is stunted for a lot of these individuals. A lot of them have rotted teeth. Sometimes they can get any type of undetected uh, disease, such as like diabetes or even cancer Mm -hmm. that you don't see. And a lot of these signs for people who are being human trafficked, you could see it on their bodies, especially with the physical abuse and torture that they've been through. There's, you know, scars, bruises, some that are not temporary. And another issue, uh, we did talk about mental health a lot, but I didn't reference it, is substance use. There's a big use of substances in this particular group of individuals because they're either being coursed into it um, or they're turning to substances to help cope with uh, or escape their situation. So that is also something that is definitely should be mentioned, especially with their mental health. So there are a lot of, uh, with the trauma of this whole situation of being coursed um, to doing things that you, sh- you don't want to do and you know being way from your home, you, um, and, you know, being stuck in a horrible situation, these are some of the effects that have happened, that can happen to you and to these individuals. So it's important, yeah. especially with these survivors, that they get the proper health care that they need, because, you know, as much as they can, because it might not fix everything, but it will help prevent some things in the future. Definitely. It's, it's something that um, um, survivors of human trafficking definitely need the support because especially with you know mental health um sexual health care um substance um, substance abuse um treatment because with substance abuse like you said they they go through all this trauma and they could be being abused or or tortured and to numb the pain or they keep they could be forced to use drugs and they can be using drugs voluntarily just to be um, out of that situation mentally. Right, escape it. You know, yeah. and, and to numb the physical pain of, of being raped mm-hmm. and abused. So that is something that um, that is worrisome in regards to all aspects. As far as, I want to touch a, a couple topics. Individuals who have been in um this situation for years in regards to human trafficking and it's a situation that they're being forced to um don't get the proper health care in regards to especially when they start off young we gotta consider vaccinations they don't get vaccinations they're exposed to um a various um at risk at a various uh, a mountain of various diseases and viruses yeah We've talked about this too. The HPV vaccine is probably mm-hmm. one of the most preventative uh, sexual health vaccines out there. And some of these individuals are be- going into human trafficking earlier 
to the point where they they don't even get the shot. They're not even eligible for the shot, which is so unfortunate. But that's definitely something that you know. Uh, yeah, that's but, something. Yeah, there's a lot of preventive measures. Yeah, the the second one was um, in regards to um, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. The the lack of access to um, gynecological care, OBGYN, and the fact that they might be going, well, they, I would believe um, that individuals who are in that situation, their captors, their traffickers won't want them to be noticed. So they're going to underground abortion clinics. Yeah, underground abortion clinics. And we've talked about this especially um, what access of care can do to your body. If they're going to an underground abortion clinic that doesn't have the proper care for you, that's going to be, it's going to have long-term effects, um, especially with these abortions. We talked about, like I mentioned, this mutilations uh, from these surgeries, or, you know, a lot of them are taking medication to induce abortion, or then it does take, you know, a big toll. I, um, especially just pregnancy in general, um, does take a very big toll on someone. I think yeah. a lot of people tend to forget that. Um, yeah. It's very hard pregnancy. So even just going through this and to induce abortion, it, it takes a lot on your body. And again, mental, physical, and a lot of aspects of your okay. individual self. I think, a, like, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot happening that people don't realize. Um, it's important to acknowledge this and at least have some type of prevention there's a lot of um, resources online about uh, sex trafficking. Uh, mm-hmm. I do know the uh, Polaris Project, which I got a few, a few facts and statistics from them as well. They've been really on the hunt for ending of human trafficking. Uh, there is a hotline as well, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of people should you know, use. I do like, especially now, uh, some of these... Um, some of these places, especially like the po- a Polaris uh, project, when I was on their page, what they have is at the kind of like a bar at the end of the website, it says need help. Polaris operates the U.S. National Human Trafficking Hotline. They have numbers. They have a number you could text and a live chat. And there's a quick exit. So immediately when you press that quick exit, it goes to a different uh website, which I find very interesting, especially with a type of sexual assault website. Um, it takes you out of the situation if you are someone who wants to get out, um, not wants to get out, who's trying to get out. Um, there are definitely these websites that- Or definitely survive. Yeah. yeah, definitely survivors of, of, of human trafficking, um, specifically sexual exploitation and labor. Um, there is, I have some information and some numbers here. So there is a website where you can find out more in regards to sex trafficking. Um, it's restorenyc.org, restorenyc.org slash sex trafficking. There is a human trafficking hotline in New York City. And I'm going to provide the number on here just in case anyone needs it. And I will um, forward it to our um, tech coordinator so he can post it on the website. It's 718-250-2770. Again, it's 
250-2770, and that's the Human Trafficking Hotline for New York City, along with another number for individuals who are survivors of human trafficking, is the Safe Horizon Intake Line. The Safe Horizon Intake Line. It's 718-943-8652. Again, it's 718-943-8652. As well as the national hotline number, which is 1-888-373-7888. That's also a good one. And you can also text. There's still options to text because I know a lot of people calling someone does expose you. Um, there is a number you could uh, text 233-733. If you text help or info, that is 24 hours, uh, seven days a week and available in over 200 languages. Um, so yeah, these are definitely resources to have if you know someone and also preventive, be cautious um, to people around you. Um, if you see something, like if you see, if you're not involved and you see something that you might know someone who's being human, uh, you know, who's in this, who's uh, being trafficked, uh, definitely reach out to some of these services. Um, you, you might be able to help someone. So that is also something, like I said, uh, there's some signs that you may not see, but particularly like I mentioned before with the physical bruises and um, signs and like just the way people react to things, um, is kind of a sign for uh, for how you know someone's in um, being trafficked. I think that's also something as well. So if you know someone or you may believe someone is, uh, these are definitely some resources to reach out to. Thank you guys so much for this. It, it, it was you know this is definitely something you mean and I have talked about in the past few weeks that we really want to discuss because like I said before, it's very important to know it's still here and. Um, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate that this is still happening because, like I said before, you should be able to have consent over your own body and these poor individuals who are still, after years of this trauma, um, deserve, you know, to be able to live their own life. Um, and especially now, I've noticed it a lot on social media, a lot of, you know, individuals who are young, who are being kidnapped, um, especially when they're going on vacation or stuff like that, uh, it, it happens still very much it's very prevalent in the United States and it's very prevalent all over the world so um this is definitely something we want to talk about um but thank you guys so much for joining us today um we will hopefully be back soon with uh some other more episodes for you guys but uh in the meantime have a blessed day uh and stay safe continuously wear your mask if you are vaccinated should you still wear your mask uh social distance wash your hands um, and be on the lookout. Yes, be safe and keep vigilant in regards to when you walk outside alone at night or even in the daytime. Well, thank you guys so much again, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye.